Hello, welcome to the hot seat. I'm here with Professor Martin Lodge to discuss the recent FIFA saga. Welcome, Martin. So first of all, what have we learned from the saga so far? Well, I think we've learned three things. One is uh, we learned uh, about sort of actual sort of activities which have come to light through these uh, US-based uh, investigations, but also through uh, the leaking of various other documents and the statements of various individuals who now come to the fore to claim um, payments or alleged allegations of payments. Uh, the second thing we've learned is basically that all these rumors about FIFA and uh, the events um, or mega events at large have been rather um, accurate uh, rather than just allegations. And I think the third thing, what we have learned or um, got to understand even better is how these international events and organizations work and that is basically they create political machines equivalent to the 19th century US politics where basically these events provide for resources in order to advance clientelistic relationships in local contexts. And so why has it been allowed to continue for so long get to the level that it has? I think it has been because partly it is an international private organization, so in that sense um, it is very difficult uh, for state actors or for other sort of people sort of to access uh, the governance arrangements. Secondly, I think it's also because the resource of commercialization of these events have increased so much that basically too many people had too much of a stake uh, in, in, uh, in these kind of uh, processes. And thirdly, I think there's been also a rather magnificent uh, dependency relationship exactly in these clientelistic relationships in FIFA um, which have maintained uh, these kind of practices for quite some time. So why have all of the allegations finally come to light and what's lifted the lid on the goings-on at FIFA? Well, that is uh, basically a long-term three-year investigation um, in the U.S., which uh, basically allows um, these rather powerful uh, uh, legal provisions um, in the U.S. to basically impose uh, legal uh, kind of provisions outside their own territory. Uh, and that is why some of the key arguments at the moment are all about highlighting how central uh, the alleged corruption practices or the payment practices have been by basically going through US-based banks or by using um, the US media market, which has been quite lucrative for these payments. So what started those investigations off in the first place? I think sort of a long-standing um, kind of uh, concern, but I think also um, um, uh, the investigations um, in the US about the corrupt practices, uh, concern about basically, you might say, the, the payment of TV license fees uh, for World Cup uh, payments or for regional qualifiers, I should rather say. Uh, so all of these, I think, have basically generated uh, uh, this kind of interest uh, and then ultimately also the willingness of individuals to uh, basically um, come forward um, to uh, to avoid larger legal sanctions. So why was it that Glatter agreed or in stated his intention to stand down so soon after his re-election? I think it, he realised that basically the investigations got ever closer uh, uh, to him. He wanted to basically take away the criticism um, of, of his position and to basically, and, and he announced again that he might do a U-turn again and, and stand again or remain in office. Uh, so I think it was largely to take the heat um, out of the debate, plus I think also increasingly investigations have come ever closer to him and therefore he is avoiding or he couldn't avoid the criticism anymore by relying on a sort of a ring of supporters um, around him. One of the other most high profile individuals involved so far is Jack Warner. So what does the Jack Warner case tell us about the whole FIFA saga? 
Well, I think Jack Warner is an, uh, an amazing uh, politician and entrepreneur. Uh, he has played a rather interesting role in regional football associations. Uh, he has been, you know, kind of was found to have been printing extra tickets uh, for a, a World Cup qualifier by um, a played in Trinidad. Uh, he's been involved in regional sort of CONCAF uh, and the FIFA executives since the 1980s and later on. So I think here you've got a kind of the perfect example and possibly the most, one of the most high, well, the most high profile example of someone who's been using his contacts, who's been basically using resources uh, uh, to basically buy support or to arrange support, uh, to use even local politics for his own uh, basically power base. Uh, for a while he was national security minister of Trinidad uh, at the same time as he was acting uh, with FIFA. So, so he is basically the perfect example of uh, the clientelistic politics as a machine politics that FIFA uh, does. It advances local politician or entrepreneur um, uh, basically by using the patronage in their context while at the same time uh, providing for these large-scale mega events and spectacles basically. So has the FIFA involvement in national politics spread beyond Jack Warner? Is it a systemic issue? Well, we will um, have to see that, but I think um, uh, I'm not quite even sure whether FIFA knew about Jack Warner's involvement of, um, well, at least his allegations that he gave money to the currently governing party uh, in Trinidad. Uh, we also have to see, uh, somewhat separate from FIFA but related, that Trinidad is going through an election campaign this autumn, and there will be an election this autumn, uh, where basically Jack Warner will want to stand uh, with his own party uh, and try to damage the two more dominant parties. So, so in that sense, many of these allegations around that particular uh, kind of event has to be understood in the context of Trinidadian politics rather than FIFA um, at large. But it's, of course, clear that that's the large-scale resources for mega events such as the World Cup or even Youth World Cups, uh, which have to deal with them, procurement and stadiums, have all repercussions for local politics, for the reassertion of uh, dominant uh, kind of political economic structures, yes. So what are the, finally, what are the implications going forward for all of this? Well, there will be one may assume, um, a debate about the governance arrangements, not just of FIFA, but I think of all uh, football associations. I mean, I think the regional associations equally may have a sort of a, a case uh, to, um, to provide for uh, reform. So in many ways, the argument or the pressure is a complete re uh, removal of all leaders in football associations, um, regional and FIFA internationally, complete replacement, uh, the need to provide for, you might say, a uh, new type of independent watchdogs over these organizations, unlike uh, the investigation that previously uh, was conducted, uh, so no conflict of interest. Um, there will need to be a far more open, uh, you might say, process over the allocation of uh, World Cup uh, locations. All right. Thank you very much, Martin. You're off the hot seat. Thank you.